0: There is nothing in the landscape that gave even a glimmer of hope that what he believed God was gonna give him was gonna ever happen. Everything was gone. Agriculture was decimated. Livestocks were dying. Economy was failing. Famine was on the land. They never saw the Messiah. They never knew. I mean, they heard that God will send the Messiah. How then are they called saints? How come they are in the hall of fame of faith. In fact, even a non-believer who can uphold absolute truth will reap its benefits. And a believer who ignores these same truths will pay the price.
1: The Bible in Psalms 111 verses 7 onwards reads, The work of his hands are truth and justice, all his precepts are sure. They are upheld for ever and ever. They are performed in truth and uprightness. He has sent redemption to his people. He has ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. Welcome to the Agape Fellowship where we undertake a verse by verse study of the scriptures. In today's episode, we begin our study from Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 17 to the close of the book. The prophet Habakkuk at the end of his book teaches us that we are able to praise God regardless of fearful and hopeless circumstances because of the assurance we have in an almighty God. We pray that you will be blessed as we learn together from His word.
0: Habakkuk knew the history of his people and how at the right time, God sent an anointed one to bring them out of the land of slavery and bondage. He's referring to, I'm referring to the, what he is recollecting in his poem is about the old land. While all of that was going, what was bothering him there? Habakkuk would have to, by the way, before I say that, did you know how many years that egypt or israel wasn't or the israelite the children of israel were in egypt anybody 430 430 they were there for 430 years of which 400 of them were tribulation they were just, they were slaves for 400 years so habakkuk had to settle This is what he had to settle in his mind. God's salvation was not going to be now right this very minute. He was going to allow all of these things to play through. And after that, God was going to visit them and bring them into other land. So that meant that Habakkuk would have to wait patiently in faith for God's deliverance. And that's what it was. Promises were there, surety of salvation was there, that God would bring them back was there, and yet Habakkuk had to wait this period of time. And so then he writes in verse 17 Though the fig trees may not blossom, nor the fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food. Though the flocks may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stall, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Even though all, basically what he's saying is even though all visual cues of God's providence is gone, all he has is a promise. All he has is a promise. No visual cues at all. A nation continuing to decline. Destruction being foretold. There is nothing in the landscape that gave even a glimmer of hope that what he believed God was going to give him was going to ever happen. Everything was gone. Agriculture was decimated. Livestocks were dying. Economy was failing. Famine was on the land. Yet, Habakkuk resolved to rejoice in the Lord and take joy in the God of his salvation. What is Habakkuk telling us? Attitude is everything. Attitude. Habakkuk did not allow his circumstance to define him. He held on to the promise. Habakkuk resolved to rejoice in the Lord. Why? Because God was unchanging. Remember what we said at the beginning? What was Job's issue? I mean, what what did Job learn from it? it? Was his unchanging, God's unchanging nature. There's no shadow of turning with God. No shadow of turning. His promises are eternal. His word can be taken to the bank. Yet he allows things in the life and examples are Joseph and Daniel and his buddies and and so on and so attitude what about Joseph what about Daniel what about Habakkuk what about all the believers that gone through all of these things you see they held on to the promise they held on to the promise persevering through all of the gunk knowing that this God who blessed them in the past his word is eternal. He's an everlasting God, and it will save him tomorrow. This is the book of Hebrews. If you read the book of Hebrews, it says they wandered in all over the place looking for a city whose whose maker was God. They not having seen the promise held on to it. And today here we are in the same kind of a situation, so many ways. I mean, the application is unlimited our lives, when is God going to come to save us? When is God going to restore the kingdom? Will America return to righteousness? Will the world ever acknowledge God? What will happen to my family? What will happen? To, I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of questions that each one of us asked. I, could, I couldn't count the number of questions that each one of us has. If there are f- 25, 50 people, then whatever it is, the number of people, times a thousand questions in each one of our lives. What made Joseph, what made Daniel, what made all of these people different? That's what we gotta learn. If there's a takeaway from this thing, what is it that we've got that others don't have? Only the Christian has the hope of God's promise. Only the Christian. Even when it's the bleakest day on planet earth, we are people of hope. Because our hope is not in something of our own, but it's in God's word. God who has brought us to this day will see us through. If God is eternal and God is true to this day, then he is going to be true tomorrow. And this is also not our home, no. This world is not our home. Well, that's a different topic, um, but um, yes, in the sense that we are from a different place.
1: Um Neil, wouldn't we say this too, like what you were just saying about, like what's different from us than Daniel, Joseph, um, m-
0: many prominent characters, uh, you know, from the from the Old Testament, I don't know, it's characters,
1: um, but you know, important people (laughs) you know what i mean i do under the new covenant right they didn't have you know
0: the blood of jesus after he died on the cross right where they had to make sacrifices they weren't guaranteed that that hope accepting that free gift accepting jesus and going to heaven like are. right that's a major difference too right no there's no that's not the issue here okay that's not the issue at all It's living in faith in God's promise of salvation. All of them, all of the Old Testament saints, they were called saints in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 is a book, a list of saints. Go back and read it. They all believed in God, that God was going to save them and God's salvation was gonna save them and their faith was accounted to them for righteousness. They never saw the Messiah. They never knew, I mean, they heard that God will send the Messiah. How then are they called saints? How come they're in the hall of fame of faith? And that includes such wonderful characters as Rahab and uh, Abel and um, you know the list. Enoch, of whom we know three verses. How come they believed in God? And that's why in Hebrews it says, "The just shall live by faith." We are going. We are coming up at a time, and this maybe this is the reason why God has put this in this book into our mind now. That we are empowered to go out there and spread the word. And each one of us, every one of us on the line is required mandatory, called by God, called of God to go out and say the just shall live by faith. A time is coming. Persecution may come. The nation may go into a deep decline. The world may go just dark, but Christians are not called to a hopeless life but one that is hopeful and believing and trusting that God who brought us this far will take us through to the very end. Tribulation will come. As guaranteed as anything else, tribulation will come. How do you go through tribulation? God's wrath is about to pour on Jerusalem but God gave mercy in the midst of wrath. How are we going to encounter? How are we as a body of Christ going to shine brighter tomorrow? I understand that for some reason, many, many churches are now teaching from the word of book of Habakkuk. I don't know why. Perhaps the Holy Spirit has spoken to many. Why is it? God has got a word for his faithful? You know what that word is? The just shall live by faith. And you you and I are called to live by faith. So God's principle, here's another part that I wanna talk about. There's a direct correlation between famine, poverty, economic failure and acknowledgement of God. Within God's value system is embedded seeds of absolute truth. I spoke about absolute truth that prospers the human society. Judah, the southern kingdom, had given up on God's principles. Leaders, political and spiritual leaders, had abandoned morality, abandoned the absolute truth in quest of fame and fortune. Society had become sick and toxic. Poverty and economic ruin was on the land, and just like we're seeing in America today. And now their freedom was about to vanish and the nation was about to go into exile. When God's absolute truths are thrown out the window, the very fabric that holds the society together is shredded and the nation goes into a steep downfall. Roman empire imploded. Will the American society implode? or will there be sufficient fabric to hold it together? And when that happens, then comes evil and economic woes. God's principles, the absolute truth stands alone. It does not need anybody to scaffold it. It is standalone truth. It doesn't need anybody to lift it up, nothing. It stands alone. In fact, even a non-believer who can uphold Absolute truth will reap its benefits. And a believer who ignores these same truths will pay the price. And this is what had happened. And so we, why am I saying these things? We are personally responsible. You and I are personally, individually, by name, we are responsible For the welfare of our society, our nation, our family, our lives. We are personally responsible and accountable for being that fabric that holds it together. And so he is trusting that Habakkuk is trusting that God, even when all of these things are falling apart, everything behind us, everything around us, everything around us are falling apart. Still, we have the responsibility and Habakkuk is saying, look, even though all of these things are falling apart, what What does he say? He will rejoice in the Lord, the joy in the God of my salvation. With desolate circumstances like he just described, Habakkuk can find no joy in the fig tree or the wine or the field or the flock. So where is his joy coming from? His joy is coming from the unchanging God and his word. And so he's able to say that he will rejoice in the Lord, the joy and enjoy in the God of his salvation. He can still rejoice in God because he's unchanging. And then he closes out the book by saying, the Lord is my strength. He will make my feet like a deer's feet. He will make me walk on high hills. And then to the chief musician on a stringed instrument. The Lord God is my strength. The word, the Lord uh, in your Bibles, if it were a Hebrew Bible, you would have seen the word Adonai. Adonai means sovereign, the owner God, the one who owns all things. The sovereign God is my strength. The name emphasizes the power and the majesty of God, and Habakkuk is using the strongest name for God that is available to him. And so the sovereign God is able to make Habakkuk as sure-footed as the deers on the high hills. Have you seen these creatures called, uh, I think it's called lynx, is it? One of these um deers that go up on the craggy rocks have you seen them how fantastic they sort of bounce around on the rocks and they never fall Um, i think they're called are they called hinds? h-i-n-d hind is a female deer but there's another yeah there's a book called hind's feet on high places (laughs) okay is it elk no these are goats here goat deer, whatever, but they're very agile and they're 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 cleft. Yeah, but well, yeah, okay. I've seen mountain goats in Colorado on the sides of the... Yeah, there's a certain name for that. That's what Ann was getting at. There's a specific name, uh, what they are. Yeah, it's sort of like a mountain goat. Uh, But that's more of a general word for it, but there's a real name. Uh, You can look it up on Google or something. Uh, But there are specific goats. You know, they are able to jump all over the place. They never fall out and they're able to jump up and down and do all kinds of things. They pretty much live up in the rocks mm. and they go after the grass in between and so on. So he's saying, the Lord is my strength. He will make my feet like a deer's feet. What does it mean? It will not let him slip in Psalm 18. Um, if one of you want to read it, Psalm eighteen, thirty-one to 33, would you like to read that?
1: For who, for who is God besides Yahweh and who is a rock? Only your God. Only our God, God, he clothes me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer and sets me securely on the heights.
0: High places. So you can read that entire. It's a beautiful Psalm, Psalm 18. You can read it. It's about God as our salvation. Um, so he's saying that he, will, he is our strength. He's our, he will make my feet. In other words, one, you won't slip and fall. You'd be able to, God will establish your feet even in those tiny places. He will set you up and he will bring you into his everlasting kingdom. So the close of the book is is a joyous closure, even though he's fearful, even though he doesn't know how long it's going to be, whether he will see it, he's fearful for his people, he's all those mixed emotions, just like us. In the midst of it, he's telling himself, be still my soul and trust in God. He shall yet rescue thee. And so he's consoling himself and saying, even though you know, these things don't give out its fruit, let's read that again. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor the fruit be on the wine, though the labor of olive will fail or may fail, The fields yield no food, though the flock may not be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stall, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, I will join the God of my salvation. We've given that assurance and Habakkuk is leading us and saying, look, that should be our assurance. See, one of the greatest challenges we've had and this Corona is the first time we are facing something this horrendous uh, that has shut down the entire nation. Uh, But imagine if you were in the World War II days. And thankfully, America is far away from Europe, but let's say you were in Europe at that time. Where would your joy be? How would you find sustenance to live on? What would be the source of your strength? If you were in Europe, let's say 1939, 40, 41, 42. There is destruction. It seems that the enemy is winning every which way you look, the enemy is winning. There seems to be no hope. Where would your sustenance be? Where would your joy be? What would you do? Who would you cry out to? See, we've been pampered by peace for a long time. Generally peaceful world for a very long time. It's the first time in many generations that the entire world has come to a standstill and we are reassessing everything our relationship with nations our relationship with our churches our relationship with family members everything is on the table now and a total reassessment is required and for the first time we are called to consider where's our hope come from and Where will it go tomorrow? Habakkuk is a reminder to us that our call, our hope, is in the God of our salvation, whose word is unfailing. He is from eternal. His promises to you in the past that he's confirmed is still true to you today, even though we cannot see it, Nothing is visible, yet he's your strength, he's my strength. And he's given us the feet of a deer so that even as things are shifting and the sands of time are changing, we're still able to stand steadfast and rejoice. Notice the joy is not the same as happiness. Joy is different from I'm happy. I'm happy because I got a burger, but the moment I didn't get a stomach upset, now I'm no longer happy, I'm sad. Whereas in in the case of joy, it's a state of mind. It's a fruit of the spirit. And that fruit of the spirit is what Christians are called to. There's coming a time perhaps when lights of the world will go dim and then it'll be up to you and I to keep that fabric together to keep the light together and each one on this call each one on this line is has been given this order to be that light to the nation amen
1: with this installment we conclude the study on the book of habakkuk Is it not amazing that we can have our hopes planted firmly in an everlasting God who redeems us because of His love for us and His great faithfulness? We pray that you are blessed by today's study. Join us next time as we study from the Gospel of Matthew in the New Testament and look at the life of Jesus. God bless you.